Hey everybody, welcome back to Enter the Nerd Zone. This is Jay. And this is Pete. Hey Pete, what's going on? Hey, how, how are you, buddy? I am doing very, very well today. Uh, we are going to be talking about, uh, really in honor of very recently, uh, I'm sure everybody's heard, and I think we, we talked about it a little bit last time, uh, Mean Gene Okerlund, famed WWE personality, announcer, interviewer, really just a jack of all trades passed away so pete and i figured we'd talk about some of our favorite really wrestling personalities again announcers color commentators things like that because they they play a really important role in in a wrestling show for sure absolutely yeah i mean i mean they set the tone they're like um you know, just like really, like if you watch a football game, basketball, you know, anything, uh, you got your play-by-play guy, you got your color commentator, and really wrestling is no different. I mean, you, you have a lot of guys and, and cows that uh, fill those. You know, like I said, it's really key to a great show. So, Pete, top of your, top of your head there, uh, who, who are some of your favorites? Well, obviously, Mean Gene Okerlund. Um I guess he didn't really do a lot of the announcing, but he was more of the interviewer, right? Uh, but oh yeah, he totally yeah. He's synonymous with with that. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan obviously was one of the greatest at, at what he did as well. Um, and kind of like in the top three here is uh, is it Gorilla Monsoon? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like especially when he teamed up with Bobby the Brain Heenan. I mean. They weren't just like an announcing duo. I mean, they were almost like a comedy team together. I mean, they worked so well together. And the reason was, is they were really the best of friends. So, I, I mean, that's, that is just, I mean, they were almost like a concern right there. Yeah, absolutely. All righty. Um, so kind of, you know, thinking about this, you, you know, announcers, color commentators and whatnot. Um, a guy that I really used to like and... I never really had that much of a chance to see him just because the programs that he was on, it was really rare if I could find them on TV. And that's, um, you know, legendary ring announcer, Gordon Soley. Um, He was a guy that was around, I mean, it seems like forever. Um, He called like Florida Championship Wrestling, Georgia Championship Wrestling, um, a lot of those territorial ones. And then very, very late in his career, almost, you know, towards the end of his life there, WCW brought him up. Um, Gordon Soley was like, he was like the ultimate professional. I mean, such a distinct voice, you know, like a, like, um, he was on like a newscaster, almost like very serious. Like he, he really made you think you're watching a very serious sporting event. Uh, didn't crack jokes, you know, didn't have any, like real catchphrases or anything. He was just really like on the straight and narrow. Um, Memory I have of him was, again, late in his career, they brought him up to WCW. There was the famous uh, match between Ric Flair and and Terry Funk. It was like, um, you know, a career versus career match. Um, You know, it was an I quit match. And right before the match got started, like he kind of delivered like a famous line where he said, you know, he said two words, five letters, I quit. You know, it just like set the tone of like how serious that match was. And that's just what he was. He was a serious guy, but, you know, he was a great announcer. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, I remember listening to him, I, uh, but not like 
too often. I mean, like you said, it was kind of more. That was he was definitely earlier than my wrestling knowledge goes through. You know, what I mean, back to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I remember his voice definitely. Did he work with um, what's his name? Because I know, uh, I know, towards the beginning of his career, uh, Jim, not Jim Ross, uh, Vince McMahon used to work with uh, Lord Alfred. Oh, Lord Alfred Hayes. Yes, did he work with Alfred Hayes at all? I don't think so because. You know, Lord Alfred Hayes was a guy that he seemed to be around forever in the WWF. So, I, I mean, they might have, but as far as I know, they didn't. Um, something that's really interesting, if you ever find it on um, on YouTube, uh, a few years back, the WWF or WWE did like a <coughs> series of sort of like, almost like parody videos of like a regional wrestling promotion called South Paul Regional Wrestling. And um, John Cena is sort of like the lead announcer, and he takes a very like Gordon Soley like approach. Like he no jokes. He's very serious and has a very serious delivery. It's almost like an homage to uh, Gordon Soley, and it's it's actually it's it's a funny set of programs because it kind of reminds you of like what those old regional uh, promotions were like. Really, really funny stuff. Oh. So how about you, Pete? Who uh, who else? Who else uh, you got? So I mean, Tony, how about uh, okay? So I'm I'm thinking of like some teams that were out there. Um, okay, Vince McMahon and Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I didn't even know that Vince McMahon was like owner of the company. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, I guess this is still the time where his dad was kind of involved, right? Yeah. And uh, Vince was always like this. This you know the. The good guy, the good announcer, right? And uh, it's amazing oh, yeah. how he's t- it's turned out from from there. But I think more of the, the thing was the, the chemistry that him and Jesse the Body Ventura had with each other. I mean, Jesse worked with a lot of them, but he really did work really well with Vince McMahon. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times he worked with Gorilla Monsoon also. But yeah, him and Vince just had a great, great chemistry together. Um, yeah, and it was sort of like sort of like the babyface announcer and the heel announcer. Uh, they played really well off of each other. And, um, I mean, same thing. He actually, like I said, I, I for the longest time, I thought, like, yeah, he's just a ring announcer. <laughs> That's all he is. I didn't realize how important he was to the WWF. Uh, I mean, he had a great voice. Um, he used to host, I don't know if you remember, they used to have a show on cable it was called tnt tuesday night thunder and it was like um it was almost like uh like a tonight show type of thing like he was he was like johnny carson and lord alfred hayes was like uh uh ed mcmahon there and you know they would interview wrestlers and do skits and things like that and, and very, that was that was very i i, I it sounds familiar to me uh but god i you know i remember seeing some type of like videos of that I thought that was kind of like a skit toward you know on one of the episodes that just shows your vast knowledge of wrestling <laughs> well hey, it was it was like Tuesday night you know I was a kid where was I going so I was watching TV I was probably yeah, watching was... the Yankees or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like a it was like a weekly it was like a weekly talk show but it was it was it was like it was really it was like a parody of the Tonight Show you know and they would bring the wrestlers out. They would do, um, you know, interviews and things like that. And they would do skits. Uh, they would have a, a 
famous series of skits with Don Morocco and Mr. Fuji where the two of them would act out like current TV shows. So there was like the, the Dukes Shirley. of Fuji. <laughs> well, there was like the Dukes of Fuji, Fuji Vice, things like <laughs> oh, that. And it's just the two of them, you know, acting out, like the two of them acting out Miami Vice, you know, calling it Fuji Vice. I mean, it's just his because Mr. Fuji can barely speak English. <laughs> it's, it's, it, was, it was funny stuff. I mean, wrestling at that time was really, really great. It was, you know, great wrestling. Uh, what the announcers and, and shows they did was, it was, it was just a lot of fun. But you're right. The, the announcers, you know, especially, um, you know, when you're watching WWE, FGH, whatever it's called now. Um, yeah. When you had Bobby the Brain and Gorilla Monsoon or Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body, they really, like, they told the story and they, like, you know, they sold it. Like you said, they sold each match as, like, this great epics uh, battle. You know, and I thought, you know, it's, without them, I don't think wrestling is really what it could be. Or, you know, we talk about all the time, you know, Hulk Hogan's the man of wrestling or Ric Flair or whatever it may be. We, you know, people tend to forget about these guys. And I think that with the death of Gene, Mean Gene, Gene Mean, um, uh, definitely, uh, you know, hopefully highlights this a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think what you said is, is really, really true. I mean, they were a real integral part of the overall show. I mean, if you look at Mean Gene, you look at his career. I mean, he's an interviewer. Um you know, he would have guys out there that were really dynamic and could talk. You know, I mean, if you ever watch his interviews with with Macho Man Randy Savage, I mean, honestly, if you're going to interview the Macho Man, you don't really even need to say anything. I mean, he'll do all the talking. But, you know, Gene Okerlund had a very dry and a very quick wit that he could throw one-liners in there and then Savage, just as quick, could pick up on it. And the, I mean, the two of them could, like have a back and forth for like an hour and you'll be entertained. But he would get some wrestlers out there that really couldn't do the talking. And, you know, he, he wouldn't point it out or he wouldn't make fun of them. I mean, he would really help them out with his questions and his insights and his jokes every now and then, you know, to take guys that maybe weren't as dynamic on the mic and he would really help them kind of almost have a personality or he would help them with their storylines and things like that. I mean, you know, you think, ah, interviewer. I mean, to, to me nowadays, like, if I flip through and I'll I'll watch it, you know, and you, you have, I don't even know who's backstage anymore doing the, the interviews or the announcing. It's I mean... Usually a hot chick. Yeah, I mean, and that's what it is. And it's like, you know, there's nothing there. It's just like, you know, tell us about the match. And it's like... <laughs> In, you know, there's there's nothing like there's no storytelling. There's no, you, you might as well not do it at all. Yeah, it's, that's it's, the thing. That, you know, all these guys have their sorry, all these guys have their. They want to do their own thing. You know, they want to be the Rock. Every wrestler wants to be the Rock and or Hogan and kind of like think they have all that savvy to talk. And yeah, some of these guys they do need uh, like that person that kind of like push them along. You know, just like the managers. I mean, look at. Brock Lesnar, he couldn't speak if his life depended on it. Thank God for Paul Heyman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would be he would be a non-factor. I mean, it's Paul Heyman that really makes him. And you know, speaking of Paul Heyman, uh, you know, either as Paulie Dangerously or, or Paul Heyman. I mean, he was another. You know, he didn't he didn't announce as much, but he was more of like an in in ring presence. Um, 
you know, as a manager, as an announcer, you know, he did some commentating, he did some interviews. I mean, he, wherever he was, WCW, ECW, WWE, I mean, he really also was like a big sort of storyteller and, you know, somebody that really moved the show along. I mean, key part of it. Do you think, um, I was going to ask you, so going back to Mean Gene, uh, mm-hmm. Do you think he was um was he ever a bad like a bad guy or a heel? I don't know. Did he ever wrestle? Do you know much about his background? It's it's fine. Like I saw um I didn't watch the program, but I watched it on like their the WWE's YouTube channel. Um, you know, whenever somebody passes away they always do a tribute and they did a a, a very nice tribute to Mean Gene. Um he actually teamed up, and I don't know who they went up against. He actually teamed up with with Hulk Hogan, and they had a tag match. And they showed clips of the two of them training together, and then clips of the match where um, Hogan kind of like pressed Mean Gene on top of the guy for the pin, and then they're flexing in the ring. So you know he might have done that once or twice, but he was always. You know, he he always kind of gave the appearance that he didn't take sides, but he was he was kind of like a good guy. Like he was never a heel. He never turned on anybody. He was like, he was like a professional. He was, you know, this is my job. I'm a professional. I remain neutral. But he he kind of favored the good guys always. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was. Um, I don't know, I I think wrestling is now. You know, they lose probably one of the one of the best of all time. I mean, they they really do. It's a shame. So, but like I said, not there's no there's no announcer out there that you know you know is the same from what we when we you and I used to watch all the time. I mean, think about you know Gene, Gene Okerlund of WWE. How about Tony Schiavone of uh, you know the end up NWA and WCW? Another voice that's synonymous with the, the you know that. Company. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he really is, and I mean, the thing is, is towards the end, I, I grew to, to dislike him very much because I felt like he had an attitude that he was, you know, I mean, like, like, like we said, these guys were key parts of the show, and they're very, very important, but I think, especially towards the end of his career, he kind of felt that, you know, he was the show, you yeah. know, it, it's him, and when Bobby Heenan jumped over to WCW... They they famously had like a lot of fights and disagreements. I mean, he didn't walked off the air at one point. Um, even during like if you if you listen to like later matches, I mean, they're like throwing one liners back and forth, and you're kind of like, wait, is this part of the show? Or are they really? And you could tell they really had a problem with one another. But he was when I used to watch the old WCW show. It was Tony Schiavone and it was um, David Crockett. I mean, they they were a great team. Um, he worked know, he with Jim like, Ross too. He yeah, and he worked with Jim Ross too. Yeah, when Jim Ross came on to uh, WCW or, or the old NWA show, yeah, I mean, they worked together. I mean, they were great. But I think towards the end of his career, he felt that like he was more important than anybody, and it was yeah, kind of. But he he was a great one though. He definitely was. Yeah. I, I mean, again, so now we you know going in talking about Tony Schiavone. I mean, the guy that kind of ring announcer that I mean the commentator commentator there's announcers and the commentators obviously um, all the same thing you know we roll from you know the great Bobby Heenan and 
you know, G, uh, Mean Gene and of course Gorilla Monsoon, and now Jim Ross rolls into the into the uh, the WWE, who kind of like he was the torch holder. You know, he he grabbed the torch and kept going, um, and I think he, you know, he was always with um, like Taz. Who else did he team? I mean, Jim. Oh, Jerry Jerry Lawler. I mean, Jerry Lawler. That's right. Yeah. You know, and that again, they kind of carried that torch. That the thing that's uh, Bobby Heenan and these other guys set up for them, and I think they did it in a more of a difficult time because wrestling definitely changed over the the last you know those last fifteen twenty years. Yeah, but I mean, they were again. I mean, they were professionals and. You know, they changed. They changed with the times. And, you know, people people look at, like, like a Jerry Lawler and they, you know, with his, like, corny jokes and, you know, Puppies. a lot of... <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, a lot of... Anyways, like, if you ever go back and look at, like, the beginning of his career, he was a totally different guy. He was, like, a very serious guy. Um, you know, he was the king. You know, he was the king of Memphis wrestling and he kind of acted like that, but... You know, through the years, I mean, he really, when he first came to the WWF, you know, he was a total heel. You know, then he kind of became that, you know, with that persona, with the with the dirty jokes and things like that. I mean, he really changed. And, you know, I think that's, that's what it is, is, you know, as the business changed, these guys were such professionals, they could change with it. And nowadays, it's like, I... Like, I don't really watch it anymore, but even if I did, I probably couldn't even tell you who's, like, sitting ringside and who's talking because it's, it's just so bland. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I've watched it, and, I, I, you know, it's like Michael Cole took over for Jim Ross, and he's not horrible. Um, yeah. I mean, again, he's – see, you know, for the most part, you know, you always had – like, Jim Ross was never really a bad guy. Um, no. You know, um you know, Bobby Heenan was always a bad guy. You know, you knew where they stood. These guys, yeah. like, they flip flop, and that's what happens in wrestling now too. All these guys are—they want to be like the anti-hero. You know, it's not good versus heel. It's you know, anti-hero in all of these. You know, people you want—they want to be hated. They want to be loved, and that's what's happening on the the announcer front too. It's like you know, one day they're good, one day they're bad. Yeah, there was a guy like that, and and he's like since moved on. And I think he actually works at ESPN now, like Jonathan Coachman. Yeah, like he was. It was like one day he's on your side, the next day he's like a, a villain. All of a sudden, it's like he he was trying to play a character. Um, the only things I really liked is whenever he would interview The Rock, because The Rock would just like really lean into him and just really like rip him apart. You know, I would love that. But other than that, he, like, yeah, it was almost like he wasn't sure. You know, should I be a good guy? Should I be a bad guy? Should I try to be funny? And he wasn't really being himself. Because when I see him on ESPN, um, I think he does like like sports sports desk or things like that. I mean, he's not a he's not a bad like. Look at you talking sports, isn't that cute? <laughs> yeah, but no, you're right. I think he does a he's found his niche with the you know with ESPN, mm-hmm. where I, you know he never really fit in for me with the WWE or CDFG. No. Um, he always <laughs> he always came off as like a you know he just wasn't very good. I don't think they really no. they kind of just like threw him in there and said, hey, you can't wrestle anymore, so get in there and do it, you know? Yeah, and he wasn't really sure which way to go, and 
And, you know, unfortunately for him at that time, it came off pretty bad. But, you know, he's a nice guy and he's, you know, he's a good commentator. Um, another guy, and I know you, you never really watch a lot of ECW, but if you talk ECW, you got to talk Joey Styles. Um, he was like Mr. ECW. For the longest time, he was their only commentator. You know, Paul Heyman did the interviews and things like that. But Joey Styles was the play-by-play guy. You know, his famous phrase was, you know, he would always go, oh, my God, you know, after like a crazy move. So he was saying it a lot. Um, he he called matches like a fan, like he had so much passion, like it, it was like he was enjoying the match himself and you enjoyed the match. Um, you know, just just go on YouTube, look up old any old ECW match and I guarantee you Joey Styles is calling it and he he was just like kind of like the heart and soul of ECW because he like that was a promotion that the fans totally got behind and he was like a fan that was doing the announcing and it was he he did a great job. He um he actually did WWE um he he's he's been on you know over the last couple of years on that mm-hmm. I guess once ECW was purchased by Right. By Vince yeah. McMahon, who owns pretty much every wrestling out there, right? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I've heard of him. He actually does a pretty decent job. I, again, it's it's hard for me, like, when I when I watch it now, if I do watch it now, um, it's hard for me to, like, listen to the match because, you know, you're not getting what you used to. It's a shame. Yeah, and even, even you know, when ECW was purchased and he came over, I mean, he was really toned down. It was almost like, you know, <clears throat> look, you're part of a corporation now. This is how you have to behave. And, it, you know, it really kind of hurt his his announcing. I mean, ECW, you almost got the feeling, and I'm sh- sure this was the case. It was like anything goes, you know, call the match the way you want to. And he did, and... You know, like I said, if you hear his early kind of early work, you could hear that it's like he's he's not just doing a job. He's like really enjoying watching these matches and he's really conveying that. And, you know, ECW, I mean, there would be great matches there. Like you didn't need somebody pumping you up, but he was right there pumping you up. Like it, it just made you enjoy it that much more. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I, you know, I like the entertainment value. I, you know, going back to like the comedic value, you think about the times, think of some of the, obviously Bobby the Brain Heenan and oh, yeah. um, Jerry the King Lawler always gave you that, you know, that sarcastic, um, you know, it was just like, just, it was good. I mean, it was good, but it was just like, you know, it was funny. It had this big comedic thing to it. Um, and then you had the serious guy like Jim Ross who like, you know, oh, my God, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. And then you had, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Gorilla Monsoon who was just like that voice of announcing. And, you know, the kids today yeah. don't get that opportunity to really hear that. It's a shame. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, nowadays it's just like a, a generic person sitting there. It's It's almost like it's almost like closed captioning. It's almost, you know, it's just like dry sort of blabbering, really. I mean, you know, you talk about like Gorilla Monsoon when he would call matches. I mean, he was famous for like making up 
body parts, you know, like somebody gets slammed and he's like, oh, he clearly took a blow to the external occipital protuberance. <laughs> you know, he would just make up these words. I, I mean, you know, it just added so much to the match. And, I mean, you know, not for nothing, if, if you watch some of the matches that these guys called, especially with lower ranked guys, I mean, they were average kind of matches. So they had to really help it out by like, almost helping to tell the story and, and, and talk about what was going on in the ring um, to really kind of beef it up a bit. And, and nowadays it's, you know, I don't know. It's, it, you, you know what I find with it now with wrestling with WWE, um, I find that it's very like cookie cutter. It's like, we're going to have matches where people are flipping around and doing weird stuff. Somebody's going to turn on somebody um, we're gonna have a lot of like gorgeous women, uh, which isn't know, a bad thing. <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. No, but it's just like you know, it's. I feel like every week, if you watch, it's like you're watching the same thing. Even when these guys come out and they're cutting promos in the ring, it's almost like I heard you do this last week. Like you're not doing anything different or newer. It's just the same thing over and over, and it's it's just so boring. <laughs> I mean, you know, I love, uh, again, you know, now, you know, you don't have the mean gene. You do have the interview, but it's usually not in the middle of the ring. If it is, it's usually some guy by himself doing it, like Triple H or, you know, kind mm-hmm. of just like spouting out. Um, I don't know who the, I don't, I, again, I haven't watched enough to, to really pay attention to who, uh, who, I mean, I know Lillian Garcia used to, do, would do some interviews in the middle of the ring. Right. Um, but nothing like, you know, mean gene, obviously. Uh, but, you know, now these, like I said, all these guys want to be is their own self, you know, and the mean genes of the world don't need it because it's obviously evolving. Um, one of my favorite, not one of my favorite, but one of my uh, memorable moments of mm-hmm. the ring announcer and commentator is when Jerry the King Lawler had a heart attack on TV. Yeah, that was that was that was crazy because, you know, you didn't know, like, wait a minute, is this part of it? And you know, like live on TV. I, I, I can't even imagine what that must have been like to try to keep the show going and and get him help and I mean it's just uh, that 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 that's like that's definitely a moment, you know, like a historical moment in wrestling. So who is your what okay, we know Hogan obviously. Um is Hogan and Ric Flair, great interviewers with Mean Gene and with, you know, uh, Jim Ross and uh, Tony Schiavone. Other, yeah. other than them, I mean, who who else did you love to watch Gene Gene Oakland interview? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said before, Randy Savage. Um, All right, pick somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, mean, I, mean, so, I mean, like I said, the, I mean the thing with but the thing with that though is, like I said, Gene Oakland just could have been like, you know, Randy Savage, come on out here. You're facing Tito Santana, and he could just stop right there and savage could do it on his own he would add to it and and you would wonder like did they work this out beforehand or were they both so quick-witted that they just work off one another but i used to love him used to love to watch him interview rowdy piper because you know he would always gene okerlin would always try to be like you know i'm going to be professional i'm not going to make fun of you uh, but he would subtly, and Piper would give it right back to him. Um, that that was always great, and I would always love to watch him 
interview the Iron Sheik because, <laughs> because first of all, the Iron Sheik would always call him G Mean. <laughs> G, I, uh, I, that's what I do. <laughs> I, just real fast, I have a friend, yeah. uh, and uh, John and I are actually going to be talking this on on Fat Guys at some point in time about a vacation that or road trips. And mm-hmm. I had a friend named Gene, and we always call him me, uh, Gene Mean. Instead of <laughs> mean genius, so, uh, yeah. It's sorry. I, I, I just yeah. that's like my favorite. I love the Iron Sheik, and when you call him that, sorry. Yeah, you call him. Yeah, you call him Gene. And you know, the interesting thing is, is you know, when when Gene Okerlund passed away, I mean, people on Twitter and everything were sending things out, and you know, the Iron Sheik sent out that he actually, you know, uh, Mean Gene was a big part of his wedding. Um, you know, I don't think he was his best man, but he was like maybe like a, a groomsman or something. And, He's a ring boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he wore his tuxedo. But but you know they were very they were actually very good friends, and you know if you you know and again kind of like the way he speaks, you know his Twitter is like almost like it broke in English, you know. But you really get the 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 impression that they were actually very good friends, and you know the Iron Sheik like really misses him, just like you know, all the other tributes that you saw and, you know, I'm sure you saw because, uh, you know, our John over at nerd and me sent it to us like the, uh, tribute that Hulk Hogan did for, uh, Gene Oakland. I mean, that was really touching. It was really, really good. Yeah. He, he, we actually talked about that cause we, uh, our new fat guys is up and, um, Mm-hmm. We uh, he mentioned he's like it was good and I watched it too. I think the only thing and John Nepoth and I agreed was that you know as he's like making this m- special match in uh, in heaven, you know, and John's like, uh, can he like pick a, somebody else maybe you know other than it's a better match you know type of thing. So, uh, but yeah, I mean it was very um, very uh, very uh, moving. Uh, again, it's hard to you know listen to hear that he he passed away you know it was rough when bobby heenan passed away too because i think those two guys really are the wwe just as much as hulk hogan and macho man and rowdy piper are if not maybe bigger oh yeah absolutely and you know gene oakland will definitely be missed um bobby heenan gorilla monsoon you know all these guys are 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 really going to be missed because that time, their time was probably a very special time. And, you know, I know when we interviewed Matt weeks back, you know, he, he wants to come back and he wants to talk about that era. And I think it's, I think it's, I think that's going to be a great show because that's, to, I think to the, all of us, that's when wrestling was at its best. See, you read my mind. I was about to say, you know, I would love to hear Matt's perspective on some of these ring announcers. <laughs> and, man. You're you're so smart. You're a mind re- you're a mind reader. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, you know, one other guy before we get off, um, and I know he sure. was he was probably one of our favorite managers, but Jim Cornette was a great announcer as well. Yeah, he really was. I mean, he was sort of like I mean, he and Bobby Heenan because they were around the same time. They were like mirror images of each other, you know, Bobby in the WWF and, and Jim Cornette in, in, in WCW. I mean, he was that heel announcer rooting for the bad guy. And again, he had that funny, quick wit that he could just say stuff off the cuff and you're just enjoying the match that much more. 
I mean, yeah, he's he's another one. I mean, known known as a manager, but also a great announcer and commentator. And he always brought his tennis racket when he announced too, which was funny. Yeah, because you never, you know, you never know, you never know. I mean, there's you, certain you things <laughs> these guys have. You know, it's you know, Bobby Heenan always had like the sparkly shirt, right? And uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and then yeah, Jean, uh, Gorilla Monsoon wore the tuxedo all the time, and then Jim Cornette, he wore his uh, he had his tennis racket, and of course Jim Ross with his hat. Um, that. You know, but yeah, so there's some great announcers, great ring commentators, um, and I, you know we could probably spend days talking about these guys. Absolutely, absolutely, and there's great podcasters out there, yep. and uh, that would well, be us. That's right. <laughs> we could podcast wrestling. So you know, just before we uh, before we uh, wrap this up, mm-hmm. uh, besides Gene and Heenan, because you we would agree that they're probably like one two and. In you know in the world of commentary slash announcers, right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Who was three, four, and five? Wow, good question. Um, I would probably say, even though I wasn't a big fan of his towards the end, you got to put Tony Schiavone in there because he was a professional. Uh, Jim Ross, of course, has to go in there because, uh, like you said, he was that sort of torchbearer, like took what these earlier guys did and just built upon it and kept it going and like i said i got to round it off with the guy that most people don't know the guy i I kicked it off with gordon soley who had the ultimate professional great voice and just you know just you're not going to see somebody like him ever again i mean he was he was a legend too just it's a shame that he was in regional wrestling so most people wouldn't even know who he was well, I have to say, we did very well today. We didn't go off the rails. No, we did not. We kept it, we kept it under control. No one mentioned Back to the Future. Oh, wait till now. Um, until now. <laughs> <laughs> Marty the Fly didn't wrestle, did he? Um, so, you know, we, we actually did a really good job today. I'm very proud of ourselves. <laughs> Yay! We kept it to a podcast. What do you know? Uh, so, speaking of the podcast, uh, you guys can find us, Enter the Nerd Zone, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, even though Jay doesn't know we're on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find all of our shows on brothersinarmchairs.com, iTunes, Google Play, any pretty much anywhere you get a, a, a podcast. But those are the, the three main spots. Make sure you're checking all that stuff out. Uh, Absolutely. What about anything else, Jay? What do you think? We got any people that like to listen to us that we want to shout out to? Well, you know, as always, you know, please, you know, support some of the the people that we talk about. Uh, Central Jersey Main Street Comics. You can find them on Instagram at Main Street Comics. Uh, Kirby's Comic Store out there in Hanover, PA. Two great comic shops, great local businesses. Uh, the Lag Bar out in California, which if I ever get out to California, I'm going to go there because it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, she will have fun there. Uh, and, of course, uh, Geeks Geeks Unite Cafe. Am I saying that one right? Yeah, That's so. <laughs> Yeah, Alex. Geeks Unite Cafe. Yep, with, with the board gaming out there in the Pittsburgh area. Definitely check them out. Uh, friends of the show and great, you know, just great businesses and and. and all Great local, people to get to know. All local businesses support, support, support. Please, please, please. Um, oh, yeah, I do want to mention that, you know, speaking yes. of announcers, Steel City Con in April of 2019, we'll have Jim Ross there. There you go. So There uh, you go. So head on out there and meet meet him. 
And but also mentioning with Steel City Cup, I you know if you listen to Fat Guys, and I'm sure you did, Jay. Yes, I, I, I do. Know, I did a lot of shout outs to people that I met. I missed two people. I missed Danielle and Jan- and uh, Danielle, Jeanette, and her husband Dan. Um, they were great people there too. I forgot to mention them. So <laughs> no she she pointed it out to me. So um, <laughs> so you know, thank you for listening, guys. Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, Make yes. sure, like I said, listen to all of our shows. I mean, um, Jay, you have a, a show coming up with Game of Thrones, right? With with John. Yeah, when the new season starts, John and I are gonna uh, go episode after each episode. We're gonna do uh, a nice little wrap up for this final, and final, final season of Game of Thrones. That should be coming in April. Is that on stuff? That will be over on stuff. Yep, absolutely. You should do that in Defender. You got the whole like <laughs> uh, dragons stuff type of thing going on there, and then you just did uh, a, we'll figure it out. And you just did a show. Um, darn it. Um, with John on Titans, right? Yeah, we did on Titans. Uh, Diana and I talked about the mid-season of Riverdale. And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff out there. So yeah, so make sure you're checking out all those shows. Again, Nerd and Me, uh, Fat Guys, Stuff, Defenders, and of course, The Best and the Only, Enter the Nerd Zone. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to come back uh, soon. You'll be hearing us talk about like the Brady Bunch and, Ooh, you wow. know... Uh, Oceans Eleven, Oceans Fifty Five, um, something <laughs> something else in the ocean. So just make sure you're checking us out. And uh, Jay, yes, sir. Same bad time. Same bad channel. Mean Gene, we really miss you. Don't sue us. <laughs>